Welcome to Hope City Church, Melbourne, Australia. Stay tuned for another inspiring message by Pastor Andrew McGrath. The desire, the deep desire in God's heart today is to build a body of believers that have come to the fullness of the stature of Christ in every area of their life. He sets the bar high because he believes in the Spirit of God within you. Did you hear that? He sets the bar high. How high? Equal to the Son of the living God. Co-heirs with him. Greater works will you do than I because I go to the Father. He sets the bar high because he believes in the power of the Holy Ghost within you to do his work. It's not me. I mean, if it was just me, there's no way I could reach that bar. But the greater one now lives within the body of Christ. And so what is on the mind of God today? See, you can be a Christian and miss the whole point of the race. The point of the race is the fullness of the stature of Christ in every area of your life. Not just a ticket to heaven. That's the beginning. That's called coming into the kingdom, sonship. But the purpose of you encountering God is that he wants you to look just like his son. Are you hearing me? And what will cause Jesus to come back to earth will not be what some Christians think. It will be that, that we, the church, force Jesus to come. The Spirit and the bride say, come Lord Jesus. He is waiting. I know no man knows the hour or the day, but there is an assignment in heaven where one day there will be a generation where we are so like Christ that he says, I could rule and reign with that group for eternity. How amazing. And that tells me that every previous generation has to some degree missed the purpose of God for mankind. Or else Jesus would have come. Will it be this generation? Will it? Will we finally come to a realization that... God wants us to be conformed to the image of Christ in every area of our life. Powerful sons and daughters of God. And that's what I pray for you during the week. God, cause him to see how powerful they truly are. Cause him to be filled with such love that it pulsates out of their, their pores of their skin. Make them like Jesus. How many people want to be like Jesus? That should be every... That's not a trick question. How many people want to be like Jesus? Well, that's, we've got about 80% now. I've got so much to talk about. I know I've mentioned this before, but it is a phenomenon right around the world. Both, it seems to be with Christians and even seekers of spiritual whatever, that they are recognizing that there are patterns and things that have been sent from heaven to communicate with earth. And it's not unusual that we would see that because God is a God that communicates and corresponds with mankind through signs and wonders, both making people a sign and a wonder and showing them signs and wonders. When he came to Moses... Moses turned aside because he saw a sign. 
he saw a burning bush. And that was a sign to Moses that God was about to transition him into a whole new level, a whole new understanding of who God was and his assignment for his life. God sends signs all the time. So one of the signs that I know many of you would have seen or at least seen or read about is the number 1111. If you go study on the internet, it's a pattern that is coming over and over and over again. And so often I'll wake up, if I go to bed early and see 11.11, during the day I'm working, I'll see it, it just keeps coming over and over and over again. And when God speaks or shows you, it can be numbers, it can be colours, it can be all sorts of things. See, a sign is not something you go looking for. A sign you can follow but you don't look for. There's a big difference. You can follow because it always leads you to Christ. But you don't look for a sign. I don't, I don't wait for 11 o'clock and then wait for 11 minutes and go, 11, 11! It must be God. No, no these are things that, that occur and they're instigated by God. And there's a pattern. We begin to see, you know, all of a sudden, Jesus said, you know how to read the signs of the, in the sky, but you can't recognize spiritual signs. You're saying to them, you, you, you're, you're fleshly driven, but not spiritually driven. So God's speaking to you now. In fact... God's been sending you signs all week. I said, no, he didn't. Yes, he did. Because my father is always working. He's always speaking. He's always communicating. You know, well, I didn't see it. Well, that's what Matthew 4 says, that, that the sower sows the seed every day. And there are different types of ground, and some receive it, some don't. But it's the one that's cultivated a spiritual life in the secret place, that's the 30, 60, 100 fold, that receives the seed and it grows and bears fruit. So I'm saying to you today, God is speaking to you every day. So the number 1111 is a sign of transition. It's the number of fresh spiritual awakening. It's a, it's a number of aligning with the purposes of God and to recover all that's lost. That's the number 1111. And it's, it's a message that God is bringing to the church, that he is realigning the church with his purposes. He's recovering everything that's been lost. He's bringing us into spiritual alignment. Isn't that what I said at the start? He's aligning the church so we can be raptured. He's aligning the spirit, soul, and body into the fullness of the knowledge of God. That's what he's doing now. And that is one of the reasons he is sending that message to many people. 11.11, I've come to align my people back to my heart and my purpose. They think that they were saved just so they could live a nice life and keep out of drugs and, 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 all those, and have nice friends and a nice life. My purpose is far much more than that. I want to align the body of Christ with my heart. The reason why I sent my son wasn't just so you could have a nice life, was that you would be conformed to the image of the son. He's aligning our heart to his heart. Are you hearing me? To recover all that was lost. Everything that was lost in the garden, he's saying, I'm, I'm recovering it. And that is why he sends out signs. He's saying, awake, 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 awake to my sign. You say, well, I don't know if that whole thing of 11.11 is true. So where do we get that? Well, 
In the Bible, we discover patterns, colours, numbers through the law of the first mention. So if you study scripture, you would have heard that term, the law of the first mention. And it tells us that wherever a word or a number is first used, that there is hidden meaning in that number or word that can be exposed and we can discover a mystery. The first time the number 11 is used is, uh, is with Jacob. He's, um, many of you know this story. He's, he's under the rulership of, of his father-in-law Laban and he's, he's having a tough trot. He's working and being deceived and he decides that he's going to go back to his inheritance. He was a blessed man, but he hadn't seized his inheritance. It's a bit like the body of Christ today. God loves us. God, God his, his, his smile is upon us, but we haven't realized that there's a greater inheritance for the body of Christ. We're living way below what God has for us. So Jacob decides he's going back to his home, to the purposes of God. It's interesting that it's only after he has his 11th son that he decides to go back. The 11 is a number of transition, recovering what was lost, aligning back to the purposes of God. And his 11th son, his name is Joseph. And Joseph, he is known as the prophetic dreamer. That The mantle on Joseph is to realign Israel back to the purposes of God. Joseph is the one that gets Jacob and all the sons out of a place of barrenness into fruitfulness, from a place where they were starving and there was little favour to a place in Egypt where there's honour and favour and provision and the hand of God. And that's why we get through the number 11, this power of transitioning. Are you hearing me? And that's what God is doing. You go, well, I don't want to hear about the word transition. My friend, you are in transition. The body of Christ is in that birthplace of transition. And I believe God brings that to every generation. If the previous generation had a transition properly, we wouldn't be here today. So transition is something we embrace. We say, God, where we are today... We thank you for it, but we know there's so much more. Father, transition the body into the fullness of your purpose. Align us with the fullness of your purpose. So God set up, as I've said to you before, signposts in people's lives. William Branham, other people who were like, uh, like, like a, a waterline, a mark for the body of Christ. And God's saying, I want you to transition to that. Now, it's not saying that he was perfect in every area. But God is saying, that's what I want for the entire body of Christ. I want to transition you into the fullness of the statue of Christ. Colossians chapter 2, verse 9, I think it is. It says, in him dwelt all the fullness of the Godhead in bodily form. In Jesus. Dwelt all the fullness of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. You imagine that. All of the Godhead came into one body, and he walked the earth. That's amazing, isn't it? And he says, and you, he goes on to say in the same verse, and you are full in him, who is head of all rule and authority. That's the watermark, my friend, to be so full of the Father, 
the Son, and the Holy Ghost. To come to a place where we have rulership over every demonic force, over sickness and disease and lack and every work of the enemy. That's the watermark for the body of Christ. That's what every one of us must align ourselves to. We are transitioning the whole body. This is not just one person, but all of us are transitioning into the fullness of the stature of Christ. So when Jesus looks at us, he says, I am looking at myself. Are you hearing me? And that's my desire, not just for a a one-trick pony show, but this church will be filled with people that look and live and breathe like Jesus. That's what he's transitioning us into. But 1 Samuel 11.11, I started then thinking, okay, where are all the examples where God begins to transition people? So I began to look at all the 11.11s in the scripture. And 1 Samuel 11.11 is a great example of this. That it says that Saul, Saul got his army and he broke them into three companies. How many? Three. And after, very clever. And after that, they went and they killed all the Ammonites until the heat of the day. And those that were survived were scattered so that no two of them were left together. I want you to know that's part of God's transition. He's transitioning the the body of Christ. And as I looked at that, I felt God say, I'm aligning every single person. I'm aligning them. You see, in the past, they fought as a single army. In the past, the body of Christ, they were born again. Jesus had come into their spirit, but there was no alignment in their body and their soul. There were areas in the souls of God's people where Jesus Christ wasn't Lord. There was conflict. There was arguments and dissension. And Paul speaks about that to the church of Corinth, that you may be, you may be powerful in the gifts, but there's dissension. One says, I'm a Paulus. One says, I'm a Paul. And we see here that God is aligning his church, not just to be strong in the spirit, not just to be born again, and pray in the Holy Ghost and maybe move in the gifts, but he's changing the souls and the hearts of God's people to truly love one another, where there's no more division in the body, where people don't tear at each other and criticize each other. There is an alignment coming to the body because Jesus is, uh, sorry, the Father is committed to building a body that will be equal in, in, in nature and likeness to Jesus Christ himself. And that's what that tells us, that he's going to align three companies in every heart. He's going to transform you spirit, soul, and body. And and, and that's the passion of God. We see here, there's an alignment coming. He's coming to recover all that was lost. He's coming to restore. That's the passion of Jesus, to transform us from the inside out. Not just so we would be saved Christians, but we truly would know what it means to be totally transformed, spirit, soul, and body. Do you know the Lord said to me the other day, he said, you know that scripture, Ephesians 3.20, is it now unto him is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or imagine according to the power that's worked within us. You know, I prayed that prayer about God's power coming, but the previous verses talk about this. It's, it's actually in an alignment with the love of God coming so strongly upon our lives that we, can't, we have to pray for more strength to contain it. Ephesians 3. He says, verse 14, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, 
And I pray according to the riches of his glory, he would grant you, here it is, to be strengthened with power, miracle working power through his spirit in your inner being. Why do you need to be strengthened? So Christ would dwell in your hearts through faith and you may be rooted and grounded in love. That you may have strength, there you go again, to comprehend with all the saints the breadth and the length and the height and the depth to know the love of God that surpasses knowledge so you would be filled with the fullness of God. He's praying here that you would be so strengthened so you could contain and comprehend the love that God has for you. My friend, here's a thought. God's love is so powerful, so so amazing to comprehend and contain that you need a Holy Ghost infusion of power to contain and comprehend how great his love is for you. And he says, then I pray that you would, he says, now you need to say, now unto him is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ask or imagine. So I then begin to say, okay, God, I'm going to begin to imagine your love, the revelation of your love, comprehending and the containment of your love being so powerful upon my life that everywhere I go, people are transformed because of your love in my life. And that's what God is doing. He is aligning spirit, soul, and body with the very person of Christ. So we would be able to say, I am just like him. Not just able to prophesy, and that's important. I move in the gifts, but I am the same in nature, in love and joy and forgiveness. I am just like him. And let me tell you by the spirit, the Lord is about to light a fire on every wrong attitude, every spirit of bitterness and unrighteousness forgiveness. He is so jealous to have a spotless bride and the Holy Spirit is coming to his body to light a fire that would change us, that would conform us to his son, that that would unite us because he is not coming for a fragmented body. He's coming for a body that is united in purpose. Are you hearing me? And Saul overcame the enemy because he found the power of aligning spirit, soul, and body. I know that was literally three companies, but it's a spiritual picture that we are not to negate one or the other. Every area of our lives is going to come under the lordship of Christ. Body, Paul says, you know what? The death in my body when I face persecution, when I go through, when I, when I have to bring my body under subjection, and it was in many ways fasting, he got stoned. He was, he was shipwrecked. There was so much persecution that came upon his physical body. But he says, you know, what? when that happens, the life of God is manifested in my flesh. We're going to discover there are aspects where God is going to come into our physical bodies like the transfiguration. And it's going to be a sign and a wonder because we've learned to bring our flesh under control and under the subject of his lordship. Doesn't he say, don't you know that your body is the dwelling place of the Holy Ghost? That's why he says, do not touch what is unclean. Do not, do, not, do not connect yourself with a harlot. Why? Because your body, your flesh is the dwelling place of the Holy Ghost. And he is jealous over your physical body. So I pray each day, Lord, consume my body. Every cell, my organs, my blood, every part of me, my natural senses, my sight, my taste, my touch, my smell, every part of me consume with your power. I invite him into my soul and into my spirit. 
God is aligning the church right now. He's saying, I don't just want your spirit, I want your soul. See, the spirit of God is jealous of you. I want your body, I want every part of you, I want to consume you. And do you know what? The more you give to God, the more alive you become. See, he's not like others who, who are jealous for you, but when they take from you, you're depleted because they're trying to get something. Why is he jealous for you? Because he knows the more you get of him, the more you come alive. Yeah. Are you hearing me? Yeah. You can never outgive God. You can never sacrifice more body, soul, or spirit and be worse off. Wow. You always come alive. And I always say to myself, I'm slow, I'm thick. Whenever I wait on the Lord and bask in his presence, why don't I do this more? Is anyone else like that? Where have I been? Why have I been so stupid? Because there's a part of me, the flesh rises up and says, don't give any more to him. You need a bit for yourself. But I know that every time I come into the realm of the spirit, my life, I come alive. I come alive. Hebrews 11.11 is another one. I read alignment, 1 Samuel 11.11, Hebrews 11.11, by faith. Sarah herself received strength to conceive a seed. And she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised. We are aligning the body of Christ ourselves back to the original calling and destiny corporately, but also individually. Israel, physical Israel, has made some terrible mistakes. It has a high calling from God. You, I don't know your theology. My theology is that God has never forsaken Israel. They are still the literal apple of his eye. And he will restore Israel. Paul talks about that in Romans, doesn't he? You know, let us not become cocky and conceited because we are like the wild uh, shoot that's been grafted in. But Israel still remains. And I don't know about you, but when I pray for Israel, something comes alive in me. When I pray for the protection of Israel and the blessing, there is a kindred spirit, I believe, in every believer with the heart of Israel. This is my thing. But I've made some terrible mistakes because in the search for peace, they have in the past relinquished land to their oppressors in the hope that if we gave up enough, we could live a peaceful life. Only to understand that when the enemy comes in and takes what you've relinquished, he uses that place to launch an offensive against you. Peace never comes by giving away what is assigned to you. How many times have I seen people say to me, well, you know... We've just got we've got all these things going on in our life, and so we just we just need to step back. And and my friend, peace never comes by negotiating with the devil. You have to go after your assignment. See, by faith, it says Sarah in Hebrews eleven eleven, she received strength to conceive a seed and bore a son even when she was past the age. She had a choice to make whether she would pursue, by faith, God's plan and assignment for her life, or whether she would back off and just say, you know what, for the sake of peace in my household, let's just let it be. 
I imagine because she had faith in her heart, she kept knocking on the door of Abraham. Tonight's the night. Come on. Come on. Let's have an early night tonight. Put, turn the TV off. Tonight's the night. Oh, I'm too tired, honey. I've got a headache. But she was not going to be pushed away because she had in her heart an assignment from God. My friend, I'm telling you by the Spirit that there are Christians today that in the, in the cause of peace are walking away from their assignment. And I tell you what, every single time you do that, the enemy will take that, that decision you've made, he will stand on it and use it as a base to take you down. We are being aligned today to pursue the full purposes of God. And I want to say this to you, and you may not like it, but unless you are going for the full purposes of God for your life, you are giving the enemy a foothold. He's aligning our hearts to say, okay, God, all of you. It may not always make for a peaceful, and I use the word, we have peace in our hearts, but there may be turmoil and conflict. But I'd rather have conflict in my life in, in the pursuit of his fullness then conflict in my life because I've allowed the enemy to come in because I've chosen the wrong path. And I'm speaking to someone today that there is, a, there is almost a temptation from the enemy to, to back off and just to say, you know what, for the sake of peace. It's not peace. Jesus says, peace I give, not the sort of peace the world gives. There's a peace that the enemy offers and it's called, it really is called this, compromise. Compromise is not peace. Compromise leads to more unrest. And if you don't pursue the purposes of God for your life, it's called compromise. And it opens the door for the enemy to run ragged. And that which you've compromised, that which you've elevated uh, instead of the Lord's purpose for your life, that very thing will turn out to be an idol and distract, distraction and destructive in your life. Always. Jesus said, unless you're willing to leave your father, your mother, your husband, your wife, children, you can't come and follow me. And he wasn't saying that we all should get divorced and throw our kids out in the street. But what he was saying is that you have to have kingdom priorities. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength. He takes first place. He's assignment for my life. I will pursue him above everything else. And our hearts have been aligned to that. And there's wisdom in how we do that. Hear my heart. But God is saying, I want to align. 11.11, I am aligning and restoring my people back to my heart and purpose. Some of you have been given great callings. In fact, all of you have. But some of you have just thought, oh, it's all too hard. By faith, Sarah received Holy Ghost strength. And she conceived her seed when everyone said, it's too late. She was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Has God promised you an inheritance? Has God, has God given you vision of your future? Then you need to judge him faithful. You need to go after it. You need to realign your heart with his purpose. Amen? Matthew 11, 11 tells us, I say to you, among those born of women... There's, no one that, there's not risen one that's greater than John the Baptist, but the least in the kingdom is greater than he. 
There's a great alignment, isn't it? It's aligning away all your excuses right now of why you can't be great for God. Because Jesus said, if you go back and you study all the Old Testament prophets, Moses, whose face shone in the presence of God, Elijah, who was taken up in the chariot, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Joseph. If you go back and look at all those, he says, John's greater than all of them. Why is he greater? Well, maybe because he was the one that handed the baton to Jesus. He was the one that got closest to Jesus. He was the one that had the closest touch to the revelation of the new covenant, Christ in us, the hope of glory. And Jesus said, the least of you today. Who's the least here? I don't know. But the least is greater than all of them. In fact, all of them put together. Why? Because, again, in you dwells the fullness of the Godhead in bodily form. And you are head over all rule and authority. Not one Old Testament saint could say that. See, there, there has to come an aligning for the hearts of God's people where they truly begin to understand the greatness of God in their life. If I was to say today that under every seat, if you looked under your seat, there's a little card, and if you've all got the same card, and it's, don't look now, <laughs> but on that card, inside that card, there's a bank check, and there's $1 billion in, under every seat. Some of you would manage to sit on too. <laughs> but there would be an excitement. There would be an energized look. There would be an awakening. And that's why I said at the start, awaken my spirit. Yeah. Awaken my spirit. Because yeah. what I'm saying today is greater than a billion dollars, than, than, a, than a holiday in the Bahamas. This, this is life changing. And Jesus said, you, you, my friend, you, you are greater than any Old Testament prophet. There is someone inside you that makes you so profound. You have all the wisdom of God. You have all the power. If only we began to understand what that means. If someone's greater and he lives in me like that, I can make more than a billion dollars. I don't need a card under a chair. Ask Abraham. Yeah. One man with so much money, he intimidated an entire nation. They said, get out of here. But the least in the kingdom is greater. The least in the kingdom is greater. John 11, 11, many of you know, Jesus goes to Lazarus. He says, our friend Lazarus is asleep, but I am going to wake him up. There's another transition that's happening God is awakening the church to the reality of his love and his goodness. There's a spiritual awakening happening. And I pray that over you today, that you really come awake and alive. You know, when you're, when you're asleep, or even when you're half asleep, you don't know what's going on. When we're asleep or half asleep, we're not aware of what's taking place around us. 
We could be robbed. Lots of things could happen and we wouldn't be aware. And it's the same spiritually. When we're spiritually asleep, we miss out on what God's doing. And there's alignment coming back where he's awakening our spirit. Awaken my glory. Awaken my spirit. Cause me to see what I don't see. Maybe some of you have been stuck in a place for a long time, but I prophesy over you today, he's about to light a fire under you and transition you from where you are now into a whole new place, from a place of religion to a place of relationship where it comes alive. There are people here today that you know about God in your head. Some of you may have even accepted Jesus and said, come into my heart. But the truth is, you don't know what it's like to wake up and have God pulsating and bouncing around in your spirit and you can't contain his power. That's what he wants for you. He's about to align you into the fullness of the knowledge of God, to the fullness of the stature of Christ. You are going to become another living, walking Jesus Christ. I speak that over you. This church is going to be like, we are transitioning now into the fullness of the image of Christ in every area, in every area, spirit, soul, and body. So transition me, Lord. Lord, where there's been addictions in people's bodies, break them now in Jesus' name. Transition them from a weak place to a strong place. Why don't you lift up your hands right now, Father, for every addiction now in the body, every out-of-control, demonic thing that would come in and rob people of control over their bodies, I break it in Jesus' name. I break the power of lust. I break the power of, of using your body as a member of unrighteousness to fulfill needs in your soul. I break that power and I say bodies come into alignment with the purposes of God. You are transitioning now. For some of you, there have been years and years of living certain ways where your body has led you on a merry dance. I break that power now and I say be delivered and I speak right now, you are transitioning out of that into a place of freedom. I speak freedom over your bodies. May they align themselves as the temple of the Holy Ghost. And I see that now, bodies serving the purposes of God. Know ye not that your bodies are the dwelling place of the Holy Ghost. I thank you for that, Lord, that even when we look at our physical body, we won't, Lord, judge it by the worldly ways of judging it, but we will begin to see that this body is precious to the Lord and the dwelling place. We will begin to give you thanks for the way that you have created us. Lord, we will say that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. I speak life now to every single body, where there's bodies that need to be made whole, I speak the healing power of Jesus right now. Be made whole. I speak divine life to your body. 
I begin to speak over your physical organs, those that have, have diseases in their organs, those where your organs aren't functioning correctly. I say now be aligned. I speak the life of Jesus to quicken your mortal body right now. Strength in the Holy Ghost to come into every cell of your body. I release it now. Father, send your holy angels that will begin to speak and to minister and touch people, transforming their bodies. I speak the life of Jesus right now into your body. Begin to receive that. Just open up right now and say, Lord, come and quicken my body. Whatever it is that you need, he is here now. And allow him right now to touch your body right now. As you feel his presence, just begin to press into that. Every, whenever you feel his presence on your body, just press in, press in, press in. Don't let the devil rob you, but press into that. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I rebuke that nervous twitch now in that body. I break it in Jesus' name. I break the power of the enemy over that body. And I say, come into alignment right now. I bind your work, Satan, over that body that's twitching now. And I say, be still and know that I am God. Whoever that person is, it's a male. I just say, stop twitching now. I speak to your body and I say, come into alignment in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I speak over every soul right now. And I thank you, Father, that you've come to dwell in the soul of man. We surrender our minds, our will, and our emotions. And I speak now to that nervous condition, that anxious mind, and I release the peace, the power of the peace of Jesus into that anxiety. I break the spirit of fear in Jesus' name and intimidation. I thank you, Father. Strengthen that soul right now. Right now, begin to drink in the ministry of Jesus to your soul. It's a balm that begin, is going to be massaged into your soul. Even as I speak, begin to receive life into your soul. I break right now the negative self-image that the enemy has built in your life. I break it now in Jesus' name. And I speak strength to you and confidence. I impart confidence into your heart by the Holy Ghost. Not a human confidence. For our sufficiency is not of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. So I release into your soul an ability to say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I break inferiority that would cause you to shrink back. This is not the hour to shrink back. This is the hour to arise and shine for your light has come. The enemy has lied to some of you and said, you're too dumb. You can't do this. You can't do that. He is a list that he's, he's built up, a case against you, disqualifying you for any work of God. I just roll up that case, I rip it into pieces, and I throw it in the bin. And I say, every tongue that rises up against you in judgment, you are to condemn. You are to condemn. That is your inheritance. And I just see now that list 
that the enemy has assembled against you day after day. He's whispered in your ear and as you've agreed with him, he's written it down and sealed it. I just roll that list up and I rip it down and I say, if any man be in Christ Jesus, he is a new creation. The old has passed and all has come new. And I say to you, God is speaking. He says, you can do it. For greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I've put within you a spirit to overcome. So I release the life of God to your soul right now. You have the mind of Christ. You are being realigned today. God's realigning you back into perfect symmetry with the knowledge of God. He's realigning you right now. Whoa. Thank you, Jesus. You receive the power of God in your soul right now. See, the Spirit of God is jealous over your soul. For He made you unique. He built you and fashioned you as a weapon in the kingdom. He is jealous over your identity. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. And he's jealous for a bride that would rise up and say, I am fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of my lover. So I release that into their souls right now. I break the power of the enemy. And I release an alignment into the spirits of every person right now. Come alive to the wooing and the movement of God. I release the gifts of the Spirit, the nine gifts to operate in and through. Freely you have received, freely give. And I release that right now because you are a powerful people. You are the greater works generation. And God's aligning His church back into shape, back into the, the, the likeness of His image there's a, it's like a heavenly chiropractor is clicking you back into position. So you would walk in the spirit. Walking in the spirit. So we align our spirits to your spirit. We say, come, fill us, Lord. Teach us to be men and women of the Holy Ghost, of the spirit. That know what it means to be led by you each day. I ask in the name of Jesus, consume us consumers. Just let him fill your spirit right now. Open up. If you haven't done it before, just open up your spirit. If you've never received Jesus, say, come into my spirit. Make me whole. Make me a child. Come into my heart. Fill me. Just do that now. Let him pour his fullness into your spirit. The spirit of, our, of man is the candle of the Lord. It's the place he communicates fills us with his love. So do it today, church. Be filled with his spirit. Be filled, be filled. Don't harden your heart. Let him fill you. Align us, Lord Jesus. Align us. Align us. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Mm. Thank you, Father. And we give you all the honor, Lord, and all the glory, because you are building your church. You're doing this work. 
and we rest in you. We rest in you, Lord. We rest in you. We rest in you, Lord. Just before Karen comes, I want you to look at me because the Lord spoke to me last night. I think it was out of John 7. It'll take a couple of minutes. But you know when Jesus asked for the, the loaves and the fishes? Because there was a huge need. And the disciples came to Jesus with five loaves and two fishes. What are these amongst so many? How can we ever change? How can we ever do what you've caused? And, and sometimes we look at our body, soul, and spirit and we think, oh, Lord, how? And what did the Lord say? Three times I see this word, or, or abbreviation of this word, he said, get them to sit. And they sat and he fed them as they were all seated. Three times we hear that. And I felt the Lord say that if you would come to a place of rest in those three realms, I will take the little that you have and multiply it so there is an abundance, not just to feed others, but there will be an overflow. And as we rest in him, as we bring to him the pain of our bodies, our soul and spirit, and we come and we rest. I've been talking about the secret place. As we come to him and we rest in him, we open up those realms to him. He says, if you do that, I'll take the little that you have and I will breathe on it and I'll multiply it. And you will look back and you will think, how did that happen? And I'm seeing that in my life. The more I learn to rest in him and to, and to get into him, the more I'm seeing him multiply things in my life that were physically impossible. Because I don't have a natural disposition to love people. I don't. And neither do you. It's got to be a work of the Spirit. And as you rest in him and sit, he's going to take what you have and make it much. He's going to transform people. And they will say, is that the same person? Mary Magdalene is a great example. Seven demons, bound, tormented, to one of the most powerful women, the first to see Jesus rise. Why? Because lovers see things that others can't see. When your faith runs out, love won't. She'd sat in him. She'd rested. And he's going to transform you. It doesn't matter how twisted and tormented you are. He can change the hardest heart. And if the enemy's been whispering in your ear, that's not for you, it's too hard, you're not spiritual enough, Jesus just said, just come and sit and let me do the work in you. And he will. He will. So we thank you, Lord, for that.